Broncos fans, we love Champ Bailey so much. He was such a fantastic corner. And it's just felt like from the day that Pat Sertan was drafted that he's he's like in line to be the new Champ Bailey. So this hopefully is just the start of it. I think he also deserves all pro. And the fact that the coaches and players voted him a pro bowl, a starter for the pro bowl, I think that, you know, you would think he should have a pretty good chance to get all pro this year. The Broncos will have one pro bowler this season, and that is star corner Pat Sertan. I'm sure nobody in Broncos country is surprised by that. We have thoughts on that here coming up as part of a jam-packed program. But first and foremost, it's the Broncos Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by John Heath, the managing editor of USA Today's Broncos Wire. John, how are you, man? You getting ready for the holidays here? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It was actually snowing here today, so that's pretty cool to see snow outside. And we're going to have a Christmas Cup a family soccer game next week, and I'm going to play a backyard football game with some friends on New Year's Eve. So a lot of uh, sporty activities coming up to wrap up the year, so that will be fun. Yeah, man. I was, um, you know, as you know, but the listeners probably don't care, but I was out in Vegas this past weekend. I went and caught the Patriots-Raiders game. Uh, fans are probably laughing at me while they listen on their phones or whatever. Yeah, I was at the game, Patriots fan. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, but I was thinking about you, John, because while we were pre-gaming early that morning, uh, the World Cup final was on, and man, was that uh, a spectacle! That was I wild. mean, it was probably probably one of the best sporting events you've ever watched, and that includes some Broncos Super Bowls, right? I mean, I was thinking about you. That was kind of awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And you're not even a soccer guy, Ryan, right? And you enjoyed that, right? Oh no, it was great theater with the. With just like, you know, Messi and all of that, just like the stakes. And, you know, he, he had, if he wants to be the GOAT, and he probably is, but he had to win the, a World Cup to do it. And it was just, yeah, there was huge stakes, the comeback at, at the end, the drama at the end, the penalty kicks. I mean, come on. there That was, that was great theater. Uh, I don't think you even have to be a soccer guy to appreciate how big that moment was. And, and you know, you see some of the stuff on social media, like, Messi can't even get into his own house because people are still celebrating to this day. So it is, uh, it, it was amazing. But man, I mean, you must have, you must have been dying during that game. Yeah, it was awesome. It was wildly entertaining. We, the whole family was over watching it. That was a very enjoyable game, and I, it was probably extremely unrealistic, be, especially with him winning the MLS Cup or the MLS Cup, the World Cup. But I was kind of hoping that Messi. If he won it all, he might be like, okay, I accomplished everything. Now I'm going to go finish my career in MLS. And I still think maybe down the line, maybe he'll come to MLS, but apparently he's re-upping his contract with PSG. So we have to wait like at least two more years, but one day he might be playing in the U.S. And I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So I I was thinking about you out there and John, uh, or I was thinking about you you out there, John, until uh, that Patriots debacle. And then I was just ready to get back to drinking bourbon and playing blackjack and just to drown away my sorrows there. But this is a Bron- exactly what Las Vegas <laughs> Ex- wants you to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I played right into it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Um, so let's get into the show here before we dive in. I just want to say, we hope you, the listener have a safe and happy, healthy holiday weekend. I think I speak for both of us when I say that, uh, just a quick editing note. This will be our final podcast of 2022. But don't worry, Broncos country, we will be back first week of January to finish the ride. We're going to finish the ride, John. You like that? I put that in my notes just for you. <laughs> and we'll start formally looking ahead Perfect. to the 2023 season. But you know, we're going to start the show on, on a little bit of a, a, a sad note. Uh, Ronnie Hillman passed away at 31. Uh, just terrible news in Broncos country, right, John? Uh, just 
we lost to Marius Thomas last year. That was that one hit hard, I think, for the fan base and the organization. And now another player from that Super Bowl team and you know Super Bowl Fifty in twenty fifteen. Another player has died way too young. Uh, it's just this one's uh, another one that's tough to swallow. Yeah, Thomas was just thirty three and and died of a seizure. And now Ronnie Hillman, he was only thirty one and he died of kid, kidney cancer. So them being so close together and both being key guys of that. 2015 Super Bowl team it, it's so sad and our thoughts obviously and our prayers are with Hillman's family and his friends right now you, I mean your heart goes out to them it's such a it's such a terrible sad thing it just for us it came out of nowhere like his his family I'm sure knew about his declining health but uh, I I just had no idea so I mean it just it's just shows uh, yet again another reminder that like these football players they're human beings and like they're like nobody's gonna live forever we know that but uh it just it's a reminder that like life is precious and so you know uh be kind to people and like your family and and your friends like treat people how you want to be treated and and take life seriously and don't take it for granted and don't take for granted the time that you have with people because you're not always going to have them so like i said we're we're thinking about hillman's family right now yeah, it's well said, John. And, you know, especially at this time of year when you get a chance to see family, be around family for Christmas, for New Year's and friends, you just got to you got to cherish that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100 percent. Do you know if the team is planning anything? I know they're playing in L.A. this week, but I'm sure they're going to plan some type of tribute for Hillman, whether they're wearing something on the helmet, or on the jersey or something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams will do something because, like you yeah. said, it's in L.A. But when the Broncos play their season finale against the Chargers, I imagine they'll do something for that because, like I said, he he was such a key player for them in 2015. He led the team in rushing yards. He led the team in rushing touchdowns. And that was his third season, I believe, or his uh, – no, actually, that was his fourth season. And his second season, they reached the Super Bowl that they played the Seahawks. And that one obviously didn't go well. But two years later, he helped them win the Super Bowl. And, and he was such a key guy that year. He was, he was kind of like a scat back, like a real fast guy not necessarily someone that you're going to pound it up the middle, but when he got outside, he had the speed, he could take it. And in that 2015, there was a couple times when he got the sideline and he was just gone. He was a real fast, exciting, fun player to watch. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't grow up a Broncos fan. I really didn't start paying close attention to the team until we started doing the pod three years ago, John, but I remember Ronnie Hillman. It doesn't seem like that long ago that he was playing. Um, I, I probably threw fantasy football, probably through that Super Bowl run they had. I do remember Ronnie Hillman. He was a good little player, and I I liked watching him play. So, uh, yeah, again, our hearts go out to the family. Our hearts go out to Broncos country and the organization. That's a tough one, uh, only 31 years old. Uh, but we do have a football show to get to, John, so we'll try to transition in a not-so-awkward way here and talk about Brett, Brett Rippon and the Broncos getting a win over the Cardinals. Now, I don't know what this... Does this say more about the Broncos showing a lot of fight and not giving up on the season and, you know, a frustrating season, a disappointing one, John, or if it says more about the Cardinals who are really in a tough way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but Rippon leads the Broncos to a win. Bears fans everywhere are rejoicing because now they have the number two pick again. Uh, so, uh, but what, what's your, what do we learn? What do we learn for Brett Whip, Rippon? What do we learn for the Broncos in this win over the Cardinals, do you think? Yeah, I think like you were saying right there, is it the Broncos not fighting or is it cards giving up? I think it's a little bit of both. Like the Cardinals kind of seem like they're down and out, but we talked about with the Chiefs game, the Broncos lost that, but I loved how much fight the Broncos showed in that. And I that was just a, 
a demonstration. Like the Broncos aren't going down without a fight. They're going down swinging and they took out some punches on the Cardinals on their way. And the Cardinals are kind of in a similar situation with the Broncos. Like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They have all kinds of injuries and they lost their starting quarterback. And then against the Broncos, they started or they lost their backup guys. And then they were down to Trace McSorley, who was their third string guy. So that's just, that's not fair against the Broncos defense, as you could see with those interceptions that happened. So, yeah. And, and like Brett Rippon, to me, it, it just shows that he's a competent quarterback. Like, yeah, the, the Cardinals aren't a very good team, but he's two and one as a starter now. And that is a small sample size. But if things go to plan, like whether it's Brett Rippon or Russell Wilson, if things go to plan, this is how the Broncos win games. You have a good rushing attack, even though your offensive line is doing great. They're, they can run the ball. They can they can run block for you. He's still got good receivers, even with guys banged up. Greg Dulcich, we like him at tight end. And then on defense, you build a lead and protect it. They got pass rushers. They got a star corner, a star corner and Pat Sertan, a star corner and Justin Simmons. So if the Broncos can get out to a lead, run the ball, protect the lead, and then tee off on the opposing quarterback with their pass rushers, that's their winning formula. And whether it's Brett Rippon or Russell Wilson, they can win that way. It's just... They can't, especially with a backup like Rippon, they can't afford to fall in big holes. And with Wilson, ideally, when they're in holes, hopefully hopefully, in 2023, his passing will get a little better and they'll, you know, their offense will look more like it has over the last two weeks. And I think Clint Kubiak's got to get some credit, too, for the way that he, these last two weeks, the offense has been so much better. And maybe it's a little bit or maybe even a lot of it because of the opponent. But I think Kubiak got a couple weeks or yeah, a couple weeks under his belt calling plays. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. But circling back to Rippon, he's about to become a free agent this offseason. And I, I'm just curious looking ahead. Like obviously Russell Wilson with his contract, they kind of have to stick with him. So assuming Russell Wilson is the starter next year, I'm wondering like, do they re-sign Brett Rippon to like a one-year deal to have him and come be the backup again? And I think Probably, I, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I think most Broncos fans would be okay with the idea of Rippon being the backup next year because he, he has been for a couple of seasons now and he's two and one. Again, it's a small sample size, but like he's proven he can do the job. He can step up when you need him to. Yep. And he's been with the organization. They know him. They trust him. They know what he's all about behind the scenes. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate resigning Brett Rippon. I think that's fine. I'm also kind of uh, into spending a mid-round draft pick on a young quarterback, right, John? We talked about this a little bit. Like, there's lots of examples around the league recently. Mike White of the Jets, you know, he had some time in the sun with the Jets. He was a former fifth-round pick. I think the Cowboys drafted him back in 2018 or something. But former fifth-rounder, Bailey Zappi of the Patriots was like, you know, he was like basically the next Tom Brady for a few weeks when Mac Jones got hurt early this year for the Patriots. fourth round pick Brock Purdy of the 49ers he's doing it as we speak Mr. Irrelevant right the seventh round pick in the 2022 draft so there's a lot of like drafting these quarterbacks later in the draft and developing them and okay well if the Broncos can find one that fit their system of whatever new coach and new offensive coordinator comes in you can fit that guy put him behind Russell Wilson develop him if Russell Russell Wilson is indeed washed up John like some people think okay, at least we're grooming a young guy behind him and you could think about making the switch. Otherwise, if Wilson does turn it around like you and I think he's going to, well, you have you still have a young player you're developing and then maybe you could trade him. I mean, I mean, teams do that all the time. You develop a young quarterback, you trade him, try to get some uh, draft compensation back in a future year. So that's a good way to do it. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to 
re-signing Brett Rippon to a short deal. You know what I mean? But I, I also wouldn't be disappointed at all, John. I'd kind of like it if they went in the draft and tried again and grabbed a player fifth, fourth round, something like that. They do have two third round picks. That might be too early for me. Maybe you trade back a little bit, pick up another fourth rounder or fifth rounder, pick a quarterback. I don't know, but we'll see how they approach it. But I wouldn't be opposed at all for them drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I, I think they can definitely do both. I think you can re-sign Rippon to a one-year deal, have him be like the veteran backup option, and then draft a high upside rookie a little later in the draft, like you're saying. And initially, he can be the third string guy. And then, you know, if he's fantastic in camp, you can cut Rippon and put him on the practice squad. Or if you cut him and lose him, you lose him. You just drafted a guy. But I think they can go into the summer potentially with Rippon and still draft a rookie. And I would like that. I like what you're thinking. I think that's a good idea. Like draft a high upside quarterback. And like, if he's just a backup his whole career, okay. Like we're still hoping that Russell Wilson pans out, but if you get a guy with a little upside, like you never know what can happen. So I like taking a chance. Not, it's not even really that much of a chance, but I like getting a quarterback a little later in the draft, but I also think you can still re-sign Brett Rippon. And if they don't, Resign Brett Rippon. I think they'll bring in some other veteran like this summer. They signed Josh Johnson. I think they do something like that and then draft a quarterback to kind of groom behind them. I know you like to play the running backs of this game against the Cardinals, and I know you're kind of high on Marlon Mack, right? You were kind of excited about him last week. Uh, he's a young guy. He hasn't really got a chance uh, since he kind of fell out of favor with the Colts after some injuries. And you're kind of you're kind of liking what you're seeing from Marlon Mack. Tell us about it. I love what Latavius Murray has come in and done for the Broncos, and I really appreciate him, and for especially for at his age. But I think he's turning 33 years old, so I don't think Latavius Murray is going to get re-signed. Like, tons of kudos to him. Shout out to him for coming in and being the team's leading rusher and just playing so well. But I don't think he's going to come back. But like you said, Marlon Mack, these last few play or these last few weeks, he's come in and being a compliment to Murray. I think he's looked really sharp. He's been a decent pass blocker. He's been a pretty good catcher, receiver out of the backfield, and he's running solid as well. And we've talked about before, Javante Williams, he didn't only tear his ACL. He also tore his LCL, and that's really complicated. Like J.K. Dobbins, that's what happened to him, and Dobbins still now we're going on week 16. He's still having problems from it, and that injury was – you know, more than a well, more than a year ago. So, you know, hopefully Williams 100% recovers from it, but there's no guarantee at all. So, Williams may not even be ready week one. And when he is ready next year, he may not be the same player like we hope he is, but it's no guarantee. So, you got to have a competent backup behind him. And Marlon Mack, like we talked about when the Broncos added him just a couple of years ago before he had his own injury, he was a thousand yard rusher. And now he's turning 27 this offseason. He's he's not that old, even for a running back. And I think he's playing well for the Broncos. I would like to get him, you know, again, like Brett Rippon, like a one-year deal for him, bring him back with the idea. If everything goes well, Javante Williams is your guy. Mac is a solid backup. And then if Williams isn't ready, you know, Mac he can fill in kind of like Murray has been filling in this year. Coming up next, we have a few more topics we want to hit on, uh, including – an injury report. Russell Wilson looks like he's going to be back this week. We'll talk about that. Uh, Brandon McManus is really struggling, and he's even—he's uh, not hiding it on Twitter, John. Right, <laughs> Brandon McManus. So we'll talk about him as well, and also uh, the Pro Bowl. That 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 vote was out. The Broncos have one starter. I think we can all guess who that is. We'll touch on all that here coming up next. But we got the fantasy playoffs here, John. The fantasy semifinals. 
So we got to get Corey Bonini of the huddle.com to give us his advice. I need it because Jalen Hurts has been carrying my team, carried me to the semifinals, and now he's not playing. And my opponent, John, picked up every quarterback that was available, and I didn't have a backup on my fantasy team because I've just been riding Jalen Hurts. So now I have to decide between Trace McSorley or Sam Darnold or Nick Foles. Gardner Minshew? Yeah, no, that he picked him up. He Literally, oh, the, the guy I'm facing dropped everyone on his bench and picked up quarterbacks. He picked up Purdy. That's so stinky, <laughs> but also smart. I got to give him credit. Uh, he's that worried about my team. That's what I'm saying. And the karma, karma gods have to be on my favor here. So I guess I'm going to have to pick up Sam Darnold, but I really don't feel good about it. Hopefully, Corey Bonini has a better idea for me. Let's listen to his did advice. He also get, did he get Tyler Huntley, too? Because Lamar Jackson is out. That's a good question. I think Huntley is on another team already, but I'll I'll go back and look. I'm pretty sure the best guy available was like Nick Foles. <laughs> so uh, that's where I'm at right now. Please help me, Corey Bonini. John and I will be right back. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 16. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. It seems like every week Minnesota's a defense to target for anyone looking to stream a quarterback, but it takes a certain set of circumstances to be willing to roll with Jones. His receiving core is underwhelming, if we're being kind, and the offense runs through Saquon Barkley. No one should bench a proven stud for him, of course. That said, the Vikings have allowed three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year, and three of the last four passers to face this defense have been good for at least 330 yards. If you're in a 2QB setup or you're playing DFS, Jones is an interesting play. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The second-year pro has a floor of 9.9 PPR points in nine straight, but has been capped at 14.6 as a high over the last four contests. The Raiders have been abused by running backs in 2022, and it has come in all forms of success. This is a top-seven opponent for ease of rushing touchdowns, receptions allowed per game, aerial yards and outing, and total touchdown frequency since Week 10. Most gamers probably won't be benching Harris, but he could be in store for a much stronger outing than usual this week. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Marquise Goodwin at Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett is poised to miss this one with a finger injury, and the veteran speedster and Goodwin will be asked to step up. Kansas City is capable of hanging points with the best of them, and this could get Seattle into a pass-heavy script if the defense is unable to contain Patrick Mahomes and co. Goodwin is a risk-reward wide receiver three who is one week removed from a five-catch, 95-yard, one-touchdown showing. So there's something to work with here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Kate Otten at Arizona Cardinals. Otten was starting to find his groove late into the rookie's campaign before being held to a lone 20-yarder versus the Bengals. Arizona tends to be the cure for all tight end ales, but we've seen a few poor performances sprinkled in among the brilliant ones of late, so this could go either way and not really surprise anyone. If you're in position to either gamble on a lineup spot or you play DFS, this matchup is for you. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, one Bronco made the Pro Bowl, John, uh, and we're not surprised. It's Pat Sertan. He is a, a starter. And, he, and one note that you made here is that he wasn't even in the top 10 at corner for fan votes. So 
that shows you that fans don't really pay attention to teams that struggle, right? But it also shows you the respect that Pat Sertan has around the league. And, and really, if you listen to anybody, uh, the national talking heads, uh, players, current and past players on Twitter, on social media, they all talk up Pat Sertan every chance they get. So uh, no surprise that Pat Sertan, he was the player I think we picked as the midseason MVP. He is the lone uh, Pro Bowl starter for the Broncos. Yeah, it, it's fan votes is one third, coaches is one third, and players is one third. And and like you said, the fans didn't give him a lot of respect, but the coaches and players voted for him so much that he went from not being in the top ten to being a starter in the conference. So, like you said, that just shows how much he is respected across the league. And and Champ Bailey, people were noting Champ Bailey made the Pro Bowl in his second season. He didn't make it as a rookie. And and Pat Sertan last year, he didn't make it. He's making it. And so it's just another link. You know, Broncos fans, we love Champ Bailey so much. He was such a fantastic corner. And it's just felt like from the day that Pat Sertan was drafted that he's he's like in line to be the new champ Bailey. So this hopefully is just the start of it. I think he also deserves all pro and the fact that the coaches and players voted him a pro bowl, a starter for the pro bowl. I think that, you know, you would think he should have a pretty good chance to get all pro this year. And Justin Simmons, he is a first alternate. And the only reason he's an alternate, I don't know why the NFL does this, but each conference has two strong safeties, but only one free safety. So Minka Fink Fitzpatrick is the AFC's one free safety on the Pro Bowl. So he would have to drop out for Simmons to make it. So that, that's a little bit of a bummer for Simmons because he was also a first alternate last year. And uh, I can't remember who the safety was, but he didn't drop out. So Simmons didn't make it last year. He has a shot this year, but uh, Fitzpatrick would have to not play. So Sertan is at least going, and it's a flag football game this year. So that will be kind of interesting. I, I like that they did that because the Pro Bowl had become so terrible. I mean, they, they weren't really tackling and flag football. It's more interesting because even though it's a different game, at least it's a game and it's competitive, like having to reach a guy's flag and pull it like that's more interesting than just hugging him and walking with him for five yards. So I'm excited that they're switching up the format and Peyton Manning. He's going to be coaching the AFC. So Peyton Manning will be Pat Sertan's coach. That will be fun. And DeMarcus Ware, he's going to be the NFC's defensive coordinator. So I, I think it will be an interesting game for Broncos fans to tune into. Yeah, it was it was getting to two-hand touch, right? The Pro Bowl anyway. So we might as well make it flag football. And um, I, I think that'll have to be the first time I ever bet on a Pro Bowl uh, or, or a flag football <laughs> yeah, game, I should well, say, John, because I did oh, bet on the no. Pro Bowl last year. And that was interesting. Um, so, yeah. So as you could tell, I'm just getting back from Vegas. I still have the itch. I can't stop. Can't stop talking about gambling. Uh, but who, who should I bet on between Broncos and Rams? I guess I need the injury report first, John. Uh, Russell Wilson seems on track to be back. Seemed like he could have played last week, but the team held him held him back, which I know you liked. Yeah, he cleared concussion protocol, and they decided not to play him anyway, and I really appreciate that because that's what I said last week. Like, I wish the NFL had a rule. If you get a concussion, you have to sit out your next game just because the risk is not worth the reward. Like, like I said last week, the most dangerous thing is you get a concussion, you come back, and then quickly after that, you get a second one. You that It can cause you so many problems. So I just didn't want to risk that. Even though he cleared concussion protocol, I still don't want to risk doing it that early. And the Broncos felt the same way. And a lot of people pointed out on Twitter, like, well, if this was a playoff game or if the playoffs were on the line and he cleared, of course they would have played him. And maybe that probably is the case. Honestly, it probably is. But I mean, we're not in the playoffs. This is a lost season for the Broncos, and they held him out. 
And I think that was the right thing to do. But yeah, this week he's full go at practice. He says he feels great. And, you know, the media talked to him when he was available on Wednesday and were like, you know, you missed a game earlier this season because of your hamstring injury. Um, He played through a shoulder injury and now he got knocked out of the game with a concussion. The Broncos held him out. But he was kind of asked, like, do you worry about that at all? You, You worry about like the running style and these injuries mounting up. And he just, he totally downplayed it. He, he just he brushed it off like it was nothing, and you know he's confident that these injuries are not going to keep mounting for him, and that you know he he's not really worried about the long term. And you know maybe NFL players should worry a little bit more about the long term, but he says it's not on his mind at all. So I think he's going to keep playing like he has been, keep running around, and you know I just, I hope for his long term health that the especially like the concussions. I really hope the concussions don't come back, but. Just from like a pers- a quarterback availability perspective, like the hamstring injury and the shoulder injury, he is get starting to get a little older. So with with how banged up he's been this year, they've really got it. They've got to patch up the offensive line this offseason because they can't afford for him to be hit as often as he's been hit this year. They can't afford to him to have like three different injuries next year, like he had this year. Like it's not sustainable. I don't care what he says. He thinks it's not a problem at all. I don't think it's sustainable getting towards the end of his career for him to be beat up like he's been. But, you know, he, he says he's good this week. He's playing to go this week. So hopefully it goes well for that. And and another more good news on the injury front, Cortland Sutton, he's been battling a hamstring injury, but he's practicing this week. It looks like he's going to be able to play on Sunday. So that's good for Denver's offense. It's going to be interesting to see Jerry Judy's been playing in Sutton's position and Judy's been playing really well. So I'm curious now, does Judy go back and play where he wants it doing as well and Sutton go back to his spot? Or are they going to keep Judy as like the backside receiver and is Sutton kind of going to get demoted? And the way that Judy's been playing, I feel like Judy deserves to stay there. So I, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with that. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I, I would rather, if you found something to unlock Jerry Judy's potential, I think you got to stick yeah. with it, especially in this kind of season, right? Give him a few more games. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. that's that's interesting as well. Um, before we get to the uh, the ball game between the Broncos and the Rams, let's just touch on Brandon McManus really quick. Um, how concerned are you with the kicker, John? Uh, you, he wrote in our notes that he ranks 31st out of 33 qualified kickers in field goal percentage. Now, the Broncos tend to kick more long field goals than most because of that mile-high air, right? But, you know, he's missed some short ones as well. Uh What's going on? Is that just like a mental thing with Brandon McManus? He's usually one of the best kickers in football. Uh, and this year, that hasn't been the case. So do we have a Brandon McManus problem on this team? Yeah, I think a lot of times when a kicker struggling, it is mental, like you said. And like you said, to be fair to him, five of the misses have been from 50 or more yards. So that it's not like you expect a kicker to make it every time from that distance. But he has three field goal misses under 39 yards and he missed two extra points which is basically a 33 yard field goal so basically has five misses under 39 yards and that is just not acceptable especially for being one of the higher paid kickers in the nfl not the highest but he's up there and you know he like credit to mcmanus for how good of a run he's had a great nine-year run with the broncos he was Perfect in their playoff one in, in 2015 was a key part of the Super Bowl team. But 
you, you wonder, like, is this the start of the end for Brandon McManus in Denver? Just this season, he just seems to be off. And you don't want to give up on him too quickly because maybe it's just an off season. Maybe next year he's going to be better. But I do think you want to do something. And I think what they should do is bring in real competition for him in the summer and kind of push him a little bit and see if he responds well to that and if that kind of breaks him out of his funk. And if it doesn't, if he keeps struggling and then you get like, you know, this solid veteran who's available for whatever reason, or, you know, if you use like a seventh round pick on like an upside kicker and like he looks amazing, like you can move on from him in the summer if you if you bring someone in who looks great and he continues struggling. And But I think I the hope would be you bring someone in to push him and it, you know, it forces McManus to get better. So I think they got to bring in another kicker. Like maybe don't just flat out cut McManus, but you got to bring in competition for him in 2023. Agree 100%. There's nothing, nothing can hurt by bringing in competition. You see these journeyman kickers all the time, you know, suck for one team, bounce around, and then all of a sudden they catch on with the team and they're great. Um, I think Nick Folk with the Patriots is a great example. You know, he bounced around. He was probably going to be yeah. out of the league. And all of a sudden now he's one of the best kickers in football, one of the most accurate in football. It's like, where the hell did that come from? Nick Folk, really? Uh, so you, you see it happen. I think it, it doesn't hurt. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I like Brandon McManus. I hope he's able to figure it out. Uh, I appreciate his candor on, on Twitter, talking about how much he sucks and all that. But you know what? Uh, let's see if he can turn it around sometimes. You know, putting his job at risk, John, can, can help. Um, Broncos Rams on Christmas Day. I think schedule makers, when they, when they created this, Packers at Dolphins, Broncos Rams, Bucks Cardinals. They probably were hoping for these three games to be better on Sunday on the Christmas Day. Uh, but no, it's a- no, 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 no. I think they wanted Trace McSorley. Yeah, in the yeah, late oh, of course. Sunday night slot. I think they wanted Russell Wilson. You know, and eleven touchdown passes against Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I think this is what they were going for, Ryan. That's what they were going for. That's what they're going for. But at least you know we always talk about Russell Wilson being kind of corny, and I think this game is on Nickelodeon. If I'm not, I think this yep. is a Nick game. So Broncos Rams on Nickelodeon. So a chance for Russell Wilson to get slimed. Uh, now, unfortunately, the Broncos and Rams struggle to score touchdowns, John. So hopefully they can give the kids a few touchdowns so we can see the slime. Uh, but yeah, so Broncos Rams, one of the three games on Christmas Day on Sunday, all the games are really on Saturday this week, which is kind of uh, an interesting change. I kind of like it. Uh, but unfortunately, John, you have to work on Christmas Day. So that's the first takeaway from this matchup is uh, my apologies <laughs> to you. Uh, number two, I tend to like the Broncos. I understand now, I think early in the week, they were two and a half point favorites. I think the Lions actually moved to three. They're three and a half point road favorites at LA. Why? Well, because the Rams, they signed Baker Mayfield like yesterday, and he's now their starting quarterback. <laughs> They're just like a really bad football team. I think the Broncos are in much better shape than the Rams. And uh, I, I just like, you know, Kudos to Baker Mayfield for getting signed. What was it before that Raiders game? Two days, John? It was like Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it was two, it's a Tuesday. He plays on a Thursday night. He leads the uh, Rams to this improbable comeback over the Vegas Raiders. I mean, that was amazing. I think last week you see it. Like, when you have no chemistry with the players yet, you, you're not in the playbook really, uh, and you're playing like a decent opponent, you know, or an opponent that has a clue, and the Broncos do have a clue on defense. I think... Uh, you're going to struggle, and I, I think the Broncos are going to be in much better shape, especially if Wilson and Sutton are back um, to handle yeah. the Rams. So I, I kind of like them in this spot on the road again. Congratulations, Chicago Bears fans. Your your chances of holding on to that number two pick are, are continuing because I think the Broncos have a chance to get another win. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it it's kind of a little bit like the Cardinals game last week because the, the Broncos' offensive line hasn't been good this year, but the Cardinals is just awful. And the Rams, I think, is similar awful. Like, I would take the Broncos' struggling offensive line over L.A.'s line, at least as it is right now, and over Arizona's line. And then, you know, Randy Gregory, he's back. Baron Browning, we like the way he's been playing. So the Broncos are going to be able to pressure Mayfield. And again, like we've talked about, the stars they have in their secondary, you know, they're going to be able to cover the Rams wide receivers because they don't have Cooper Cup right now. You know, the the Rams, like the Broncos, are kind of depleted in some cases, even more so. And and then on the opposite side of the ball, Aaron Donald, we're not even sure if he's going to be able to play again this season, let alone on Sunday. So the Rams, they got all kinds of injuries. Like you're saying, Baker Mayfield, he got there recently, and he's still working on like getting up to speed with his receivers, getting chemistry with them. And so going up against a good Broncos defense, I agree with you. I think the Broncos, I think it's right that they are favorites. I don't know, three and a half points, I don't know about that. But the Broncos to win the game, yeah, I, I will pick the Broncos to win this game. And the offense, like you said, Maybe we shouldn't expect a ton of points in this game, but the Broncos offense, even with uh, Brett Rippon last week, they actually looked pretty decent. And the week before that against the Chiefs, they really turned it on with Russell Wilson. He had his best game of the season statistically. So I think the offense, maybe late in the year, just finally things are clicking and they're starting to turn a corner a little bit. And like I said, if, if Aaron Donald's not there, like the Rams, they're just really struggling. So I'm with you. The Broncos they're kind of in a, a hot streak right now. It, it's just a moral victory and a victory. They're building right now. So I think the Broncos are kind of ending on a positive note while the Rams are kind of slinking down, ending on a on a more negative note. So I'm I'm with you picking the Broncos to win this. Let's go Broncos. Uh, let's get some slime on Nickelodeon. Let's get another win. Uh, close out this season strong. I'm looking forward to it. That'd be a, a good little Christmas present for Broncos fan, jo- fans, John. And I hope that you have a great holiday weekend and, and happy new year, John. Thanks, Ryan. You too. And and thank you, Broncos fans, for sticking with the team, sticking with us through this season. I hope you all have a, a Merry Christmas, happy holidays, like Ryan said, and a happy new year. Yep, 100%. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. For John Heath, I am Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you all. We'll catch you in 2023. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.